everyone, and welcome to the Be Loved, Be Bold podcast. My name is Mary Patton, and I'm so glad you're here. Two years ago, I started Be Loved, Be Bold as a way of encouraging students to live boldly for Christ in light of being loved by Him. My hope is that as we share the stories of others and the work of Christ in their lives, students will be uplifted and God alone will be glorified. and welcome back to the podcast. So glad you're here. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving week. Um, This week, I have a good friend from home, Mason Nichols, here on the podcast. Many of you probably heard of his name because he does play baseball at Ole Miss, and he's a sophomore. We grew up just around the corner from each other, Um, but he's a sophomore here from Jackson and a biology major, and his older sister, Mackenzie, is my age, so we grew up um, as good friends, and we're on the high school dance team together and studied together in a lot of our classes, but um, Mason ended up going to Ole Miss to play baseball, and I just wanted to get him on to share his story because not only is he um, big on baseball, but he also um, is really outspoken about his faith, and so thank you, Mason, for joining me. me. (laughs) Um, So I was going to see if you could start, I always get people to start by talking about their testimony and just sharing how they came to know the Lord. Yeah, um, so... I grew up going to First Baptist Jackson uh, my whole life, but uh, my testimony was probably very similar to others in that uh, I, I was around the age of eight, and I, I think I'd gone to RAs and GAs is what we called it, and um, and uh, I, I heard the story of Jesus, and I'd heard it many times before, but I kind of came home to my parents that night, and I was like, I I, I want to I wanna make a step in faith and, and whatever way that I knew whenever I was eight and uh they they gave me time to think about it and stuff and didn't really force me towards a decision but uh I walked down the aisle to, uh about a month later because we talked about it and we uh gone through a little program and stuff and then uh and uh so we did that and then I was baptized a little after and then uh but the fun part about testimonies is that they continue past that so mm-hmm. uh in high school, I got the chance to share my faith with uh, FCA and and uh, me and your brother Mills. Mm-hmm. We did um, we did uh, I forget the name of it now. It's a big it's a big gathering um, that we do among all the students and it's student led. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do it around every Christmas and um, all the people who uh, who lead it get to share their uh, testimony. So I got to do that in front of all my students, which was all my fellow students at Jackson Prep, which was cool. Mm-hmm. And then a big addition to my testimony this year has been uh, uh, God being with me throughout this season uh, at, at Ole Miss and, and the ups and downs with it and uh, with everything. And, and thankfully, I've gotten to share it to a lot more people, whether it be reporters in ESPN or, mm-hmm. or uh, people at home or whoever asked me on the street. So that that's my testimony. That's awesome. Um, the pursuit was what you're talking about, yeah, right? The pursuit, the students. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. That was always like such a big part of the year in high school, and so awesome that we went to a high school that let us have an event like that. Yeah, you know, that's kind of weird to come by to yeah. get all the students together to worship and stuff. Um, so you hinted on this, but during your time in college, and this can be baseball related or not, but um, what is one good thing that the Lord has used to grow you in your faith? Yeah. Um... A good thing was probably just landing in the right spot. So mm-hmm. um, I think that as far as on this baseball goes, we have a very unique program because uh, because of how it's led by the coaches. Uh, we have lots of 
godly influences in our lives through our coaches. Uh, Coach B is a, a says stories from the Bible all the time, and he also uh, gives us time to pray and stuff as much as the state guidelines can allow for that because mm-hmm. it is a public university. Right. But uh, uh, there's our hitting coach, Mike Clement. Uh, mm-hmm. We often like just gather around before practice and we talk about anything, whether it's Jesus or baseball or classes or whatever. We call it fellowship. And mm-hmm. uh, we just have a great team. I think I've had the opportunity to share my faith with literally every person on our team uh, throughout the locker room and they, they're in different walks of life from different places and uh, everybody's just very open with each other and um, but uh, we, we get lots of opportunity to speak through FCA and stuff mm-hmm. and so the the thing that was good that, that helped me with my faith was that I landed in the right spot to yeah. where I was with a group of coaches that was comfortable with that and mm-hmm. that allowed me to do my thing and, and, and sharing my faith uh, like hopefully I do. And uh, so the best thing was just landing in the right spot. That's awesome. Um, what is one hard thing that Lord has used to grow you in college? Uh, the hardest thing was it, being at Ole Miss has had a lot of ups and downs. And uh, the first fall I was at Ole Miss, I was just having a tough time with everything, with school mm-hmm. and with baseball. Uh, I remember there's one week that uh, – I'm a biology major, so I just taken an intro level chem class and intro level biology class uh-huh. with my baseball, and we had fall inter squads going. And there was one week I'd done pretty well the first two weeks in baseball in school, and then, um, and then that third week I made a bad grade on the chem test, and I made a bad grade on a biology uh-huh. test, and then I pitched bad that Friday, and uh, it was just I I kind of found myself like sitting. Um, uh, in my in my in my house, and I was just sitting there like, well, what do I what do I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't know if I can actually make it here. Yeah. And uh, that was super challenging. Uh, and I found myself whenever I was just doubting whether or not I could actually follow through on being an almost baseball player and being a good student at the same time. I uh, kept kept on uh, falling towards a devotional that I do. Uh, mm-hmm called Uncommon by um, by Tony Dungy. Okay. And um, he, it's just awesome that he has something for every day, and they're all different messages. And it's, it's funny how you know, on my worst worst days, it seems like he would always hit straight to the point. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just funny how God works that way sometimes. But uh, uh, that was the toughest time was the fall because I didn't know if I was redshirted or going to be in, on the team at all. Or, yeah. Whatever, because sometimes I just didn't perform like I wanted to. So uh, mm-hmm. I, that was tough. But but having um, something firm that I could fall back on, mm-hmm. um, and and at that time it was my devotional. Yeah, uh, it really helped. Mm-hmm. So you said that's kind of what turned helped you turn the tide a little bit. Yeah, things around. It, it really did. It gave me some encouragement that I needed yeah. to just kind of go out and attack every day. I read it every morning. Yeah. Um, but uh. Yeah, that was a time when I, I was just unsure because it's mm-hmm. new, new place, new friends, new everything. Yeah. And uh, and on top of that, I was trying to, you know, pitch on an SEC baseball team, and that just seemed overwhelming to me. Yeah. And I was, I was very capable of it. Yeah. But uh, it was just uh, one of those things that sometimes it doesn't work out like you want it to, and you've got to mm-hmm. have something to fall back on. Yeah, no, that's true. Who gave you the devotional? I'm curious. My mom did. Okay. Yeah, like lots of things in my mom. My my life, my mom gives them to me, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, 
She she gave it to me one Christmas. Oh. Actually, the Christmas before before I went to college, because mm-hmm. I think she kind of knew that I would need something like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I love it. I always love asking about the good and the bad because sometimes the bad isn't always bad. You know, it yeah. seems like that it was used for good yeah. um, for you to grow closer to the Lord through that hard time. And, and you've come a long way since then. Yeah. Um, can you talk about your journey to becoming part of the baseball team at Ole Miss? Did you always think you wanted to play baseball in college? Yeah. Uh, um, we're kind of getting into my favorite part of my testimony, which is kind of marching towards Omaha because I really mm-hmm. had some cool moments there that mm-hmm. I've been able to share. But, uh, um, as far as baseball goes, I started playing when I was like four, t-ball sort of thing, and mm-hmm. uh, just like everybody does, and I just play around Jackson with with all my buddies, and then you kind of get into coach pitch, and then you get into kid pitch, and mm-hmm. it was kind of funny that uh, I I got into kid pitch, and it it seemed like I was always the person that wanted to pitch, and uh, they'd line all the players up and have them throw off the mound, and the coaches would say, you know, well you 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 have like a little gift with this. But it really wasn't anything spectacular. It was mm-hmm. just one of those things that I liked doing it, and, and people said I was good at it. So I kept doing it, and I always had a knack for kind of putting the ball where I wanted to in the strike zone. And uh, anyway, I get towards my ninth grade year, and I remember um, my parents have always been great about anything that I do. They don't force me to do it. They mm-hmm. just uh, they say, well, if you want to do it, go do it. And they, they facilitate, and they do whatever they can to help, but it's never been something that my parents have had to push me to try to work on my baseball. So mm-hmm. I remember telling my dad for my ninth grade summer, which is kind of the summer where I got in front of some of these bigger colleges in Mississippi. And um, I was like, well, I want to do well whenever I get there. And whenever I get on campus at Ole Miss and state and all these other places to pitch mm-hmm. to show what I have. So like, I'm gonna, we're gonna throw every day and work on what we're doing. So he put up a target in my garage and put some like turf, uh, we got some <laughs> turf from like this old, uh, facility as just, and we taped it down with duct tape and mm-hmm. it was just something to throw on and we did that every night. We had a bucket of balls and we threw it into the, uh, into the net every single night. So mm-hmm. I, it's never was something that I, playing college baseball was never something that I was like, oh, I'm, when I go play college baseball, it's kind of, yeah. I enjoyed playing baseball and then I enjoyed working on it, especially with my dad. And, mm-hmm. um, and then it happened kind of organically. Um, but there was a lot of hard work there. Uh, and, uh, thankfully it wasn't something that I burnt out on because it wasn't forced by my parents. But yeah. uh, I, uh, that's kind of how I first got saw, seen by Ole Miss at state and other places. Mm-hmm. Cause I, cause I kind of, decided I wanted to go all in on it. So. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I think that's funny. It started in your garage, kind yeah. of like your practice and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you and your dad would go up to the cages at prep. Yeah. And, um, that's that's really cool. So what went through your head that day, signing day at Ole Miss, or for Ole Miss, like when you when you picked Ole Miss at prep that day? Yeah. What kind of went through your head? Um, it, it's cool because with baseball, you, you usually – have like a long commitment, like just a verbal commitment to a school. And then you, you end up signing on signing day with them. And it kind of just like, I guess uh, it puts it, it puts it in, puts it in writing and it makes it feel like, uh, real, uh, mm-hmm. that whenever you sign. But for me, it was a little bit of 
a feeling of being a little overwhelmed because I, uh, just from my own school at that time, I had two other guys that were going to go there with me. And mm-hmm. like, if you look at the rankings and stuff at that time, I was probably the third ranked guy <laughs> out of those three, <laughs> out of those three guys headed mm-hmm. to Ole Miss. And which is kind of funny because, I mean, even out of high school, it was like, well, I have, uh, I got some work to do if I want to be better than just these guys going to Ole Miss from my own school. So, yeah. uh, you know, I was a little overwhelmed because I was like, I got to really get after this so I can be good whenever I get on campus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and looking back on it, that sort of panic or overwhelmed feeling that I had whenever I signed, it wasn't, wasn't really justified yeah. because once you get, on campus it all changes anyways mm-hmm. but uh but uh but that that's kind of what I was feeling I was feeling like I had to kind of put my nose to the grindstone a little bit to get a little better so I could kind of stick when I got there yeah what was what would be some encouragement you give to some students who are about to step foot on campus that are going to be student athletes yeah uh it's busy uh like everybody says it is but uh it's really I just uh, it's a it's a very cool experience because mm-hmm. uh, you have it's kind of like people enter fraternities or sororities and they have this group of friends that kind of comes along with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're around whoever's in your locker room every day and you become really good friends with them. You get to know them really well and if you uh, you pick a place where uh, where the culture is good like Ole Miss mm-hmm. uh, and Coach V does a great job with establishing like a good team culture. Mm-hmm. Um, then you're going to end up having a good group of guys to be around or girls, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that might be. Uh, so uh, that that's the cool part about it is you, you have a group of people that you're around a lot, and it tends to be a good group of people if you pick right. That's good. Yeah, busy but good community. Yeah. That's good. Um, okay, so you got to Ole Miss, started practice, and then obviously like the season kind of wasn't – I guess all what people expected because yeah. <laughs> we got into um, the tournament. Can you talk about the word Road to Omaha some more in the World Series and yeah. then um, describe some of the, the situations you found yourself in when you when you went out there and played? Yeah, um, so this is kind of the part where my testimony kind of kicks in mm-hmm. uh, because uh, after fall I had a meeting with Coach B about my potential role on the team and it wasn't looking great for me to to pitch because I hadn't pitched very well that fall Mm -hmm. and um and uh so so going to the spring I I really worked hard over Christmas on 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 developing a new pitch which was a slider and I was told to kind of go all in on that one pitch so to Mm -hmm. keep my fastball and my slider so I was a two-pitch guy now which I'd never been before And then going into spring, I had a better spring because I, I really worked hard on developing my, my stuff over Christmas. And then spring inter-squads, I did well. Mm-hmm. And then um, then the season starts, and it, I, I got to pitch uh, from the get-go, and uh, and that was awesome. It was just in a small reliever role, but it made me so happy just to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And um, But the we start off number one, and uh, we, we play well the first couple weeks, and then towards Tennessee weekend of SEC play like we just get trounced at our mm-hmm. own stadium and it was one of those things where like we started going downhill and uh, I remember I remember 
there was a lot of Fridays where we'd lose at Swayze, and they, we always do fireworks on Fridays. <laughs> you kind of, if you watch the Belief documentary, saw you that. saw it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're staring up at the fireworks, and that's so real. Like, yeah. we're staring up at the fireworks, like, being like, we just got our butts kicked, mm -hmm. and this feels terrible. Uh, <laughs> and so we, we wanted to flip it around. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll tell you, one, one habit that I developed over the season, it was, it was weird. I always done it in high school where you clean up the dugout. Mm-hmm after and you go to these big programs and they they have people who do that like uh, they have people who pick up after you clean after you and stuff and mm -hmm. uh uh from the first game at Swayze it was like I had this weird uh kind of feeling it was almost like uh God was nudging me towards um towards doing just this really small action mm -hmm. and I didn't understand why uh, but I, after every game or after every weekend, I would I would I would go to the dugout and pick up the trash, put it in the trash can. It's just mm -hmm. the simplest thing ever. Um, and looking back on it now, um, it's strange because there's people that notice that, like our FCA director mm -hmm. uh, noticed that, and he after the season was over, he uh, told me that he thought it was he asked me why um, I I did that small little thing when we were getting our butts kicked mm -hmm. uh, in the middle of the season and uh I couldn't really give him a reason other than that you know I, I felt this like just kind of tug on my heart to do that and it what it did it, it served a big purpose in my season and I think uh overall the way that I could affect my teammates because after every game whether we won whether we lost I picked up the trash and put it in the trash can mm -hmm. just kind of me sweeping it out of my head kind of cleansing that mm -hmm. and it helped I think the biggest thing is gave some perspective yeah of like there's much bigger things in baseball and if I can pick up the trash after the games and put it in the trash can uh, mm -hmm. to help maybe whatever person comes behind us to clean it up yeah uh, that's bigger than baseball and it helped me keep my equilibrium a little because <laughs> throughout the season there's times where you just you you feel like you're going crazy because the sec will leave you spending a lot of time so yeah. anyway we get through some really tough uh tough times uh in the middle of the sec schedule and uh get towards the end of the sec end of sec play and we start picking up steam we start beating people mm -hmm. kind of playing to our potential because we had a very talented team with really good senior leadership and everybody knew that we could and we knew that we could so we finally started winning which was great and um we did just enough we we're last team in the tournament we were all watching the selection show and we're, we're the last team in so we were all excited and uh from that point it was like um a clean slate and mm -hmm. uh we saw uh everybody saw how we, we we picked it up and uh the team came together it was a special atmosphere to be a part of and it was a it was a completely spiritual experience it was a uh just a such a god thing like i've heard coach clement talk about it before about don't be disillusioned about God doesn't care about a baseball game. Like yeah. it, who wins or loses doesn't matter. But He is in the business of stories, and mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we had a cool one because because of our ups and downs. And then whenever we came together as a team, kind of the whole country or people who followed college baseball got to see it. And uh, uh, I think God was into our story because He knew that we had guys on the team that were willing to share it. Mm -hmm. And it, it, and it's truth. And the, the truth of it was that it was a, you know, 
um, it was the realization of a lot of gifts that God had given people, and it was um, it was uh, really just uh, some some providence and some moments where out uh, we can talk about them later in my own uh, performance, and then mm-hmm. in some of my teammates. Like we we still sit around eating breakfast, me and my roommates, and talking about moments in in Omaha or in postseason where we were just like. I think God stepped in because because <laughs> so cool. I, I I I can't tell you how how else it happened. Yeah. Um, so it was cool, and people fell in love with our story because there was a lot of belief in each other. Mm-hmm. But under all of that, there's a belief in uh, and and God and and mm-hmm. what He could do for us. So that that that's the long way of saying that there are lots of ups and downs, but God was with us throughout the whole time, and then mm-hmm. we got to share that at the end, which was really cool. Man, that is so that is really amazing because I never thought about that as such a big part of why this all probably worked out the way it did. But like you said, like Tim, especially as a, yeah. as captain of the team, being so outspoken about his faith. And for those that haven't listened, I did interview Tim Elke last year, so you can go back and find that episode. Um, it was a great episode. But yeah, I think I think that's so true that like a lot of that could have been like the Lord being glorified just through the whole experience and through the coaches and through the players and through the, through the story. Like you said, there's so much power in a, in a story where God is um, put first, you know? Um, But can you talk, you you mentioned the providence in your own life and those moments in your own life. What were you referring to? Yeah, I was was referring to a pretty particular moment. Um, So I pitched in big spots throughout the season. Um, And in the Miami regional, I came in a big spot and, uh, did just enough to get my team out of it. So I was confident in what I could do. Put in a tough situation, that was kind of my role last year, was to come in with uh, whatever the situation might be in the middle inning, so like fifth, sixth, seventh inning, and uh, just get a couple outs. Um, mm-hmm. So in Omaha, and I'd pitched twice before that and pitched pretty well, but it was now the national championship. We were playing Oklahoma, and... Um, there was 30,000 people there. A lot of them Ole Miss fans, which helped. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I remember uh, Coach B calls on a walkie-talkie down to the, the bullpen, and mm-hmm. they say Nichols is coming in the game after Jack Doherty, mm-hmm. one of my best friends. Uh, he started that game unexpectedly because uh, he was the right man for the job. And, um, and he pitched great. He pitched five perfect innings, but then the bases got loaded through some walks and some hits and stuff. And it was a 4-2 ball game, I think, with either no outs or one out. I think no outs. Um, and um, I remember I was sitting on the bullpen bench. Uh, they have kind of a like a uh, like a screen between the bullpen and the uh, and, and and the field, and mm-hmm. you can see everybody. I was so nervous. I was literally, uh, my leg was shaking and, uh, I was just sitting there and I, I kept praying, Lord, give me strength and give me peace. Mm-hmm. I, I just kept saying that over and over in my head. And then on the surface, I'm sure I looked pretty calm because I was yeah. doing my best to do that. But inside there was some real like quaking happening, <laughs> happening. And I was, oh, no. I was just sitting there kind of looking at all these people and being like, all right, it's time to go in now. And the gate swings open, you run out. Uh-huh. And I run out and get the ball from Jack, and I get on the mound, and I'm throwing my warm-up pitches, and it's almost that feeling of you can't you can't feel your body too much. And yeah. I, I'd felt it in other games that I'd thrown in Omaha, but this mm-hmm. was to a different scale mm-hmm. to where, like, 
Usually I can feel my fingers and hands and stuff, but I couldn't feel my tips of my fingers, <laughs> which isn't a good thing as a pitcher. And yeah. uh, I'm standing on the mound delivering my warm-up pitches, and they're kind of going everywhere. Um, and usually I'm pretty good with my command. I can usually put it where I want to, but they're kind of mm-hmm. going everywhere. And yeah. then, uh, let's see, bases loaded. The first batter steps to the plate. It's Peyton Graham, who's their shortstop. Mm-hmm. He is All-American. He hit 450. Had a ton of stolen bases, a ton of home runs. He was supposed to be the best hitter in uh, uh, in Omaha. Mm-hmm. And it turns out we had like eight of the best hitters in Omaha <laughs> on our own team, but uh, or it felt like that. Yeah. But he was supposed to be the best hitter in Omaha, and we had a great scout report on him and stuff. And so my job was to come in and throw the slider that I said I learned over Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I just had to, you have to come off sharp from the get go because there's no room for error when the bases are loaded. And, mm-hmm. There's no outs and you're down by two. So the w- w- winning run is at first base. And um, uh, Coach B, uh, first pitch, calls slider right down the middle. So I throw it, and it's just nowhere near where it needs to be. It's like up high, and it's not a competitive pitch at all. Mm-hmm. And after that, uh, I caught the ball, and then I remember looking up towards the sky. And I was being like, Lord, I need that strength and peace that I was asking for. <laughs> I was freaking out a little bit. And then I took a deep breath, and I felt... I truly felt the presence of God with me up there. And uh, once again, I'm not disillusioned to think that uh, God cares about baseball, but he cares about stories. And mm-hmm. it's such a cool part of mine that the next pitch, I uh, threw it. And like I said, I couldn't feel anything in my fingers, but I threw it and this is the best breaking ball I'd thrown all season. I mean, it went right to where it was supposed to. And from that, sp- from that point on, I, I looked up between every pitch and it was just uh, the purest experience because... Um, I felt fulfillment in what I was doing, but I felt completely in the hands of God and, and, and what he, on the biggest spot in my whole life, I mm-hmm. felt completely at peace, which was such a powerful thing because I had none of that ability in my own. And then I ended up striking out Peyton Graham on four pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, I strike out the next guy, walk the next guy. So I run scores mm-hmm. and everybody's kind of freaking out in the stands a little bit. <laughs> And I'm up there and I'm just, I, I had, I remember smiling like the biggest smile because <laughs> I knew before the next guy got in that he was mm-hmm. already out because I uh, knew, I knew that the, it felt like the story was already written and that yeah. was a small part of it, but it was such a, a such a me and God moment that I mm-hmm. mean, the next three pitches I threw, or it wasn't the next three pitches. I threw a ball right over the middle. It wasn't even a great pitch. And, uh, the guy just dinks it back to me, which mm-hmm. was completely uncharacteristic of a D1 hitter, but he yeah. just like saws himself off, dinks it back to me. I catch it and I flip it over to first base and uh-huh. I, I trot off the field with the biggest smile on my face because uh, I just, I let it run in and whatever. But with the situation, I did as good as I could have hoped for. Yeah. But at the, at the deepest part of that smile was that I, um, I just got to be a vessel for something really special. Mm-hmm. Um, and possibly turn the tide in that game. Um, so it was it was awesome because and then the next inning I came out and I, I pitched really well, really clean. The next inning and I mean the whole time I felt just this incredible presence mm-hmm. with me. And uh, it's funny. This is probably going into another question, but <laughs> I remember sitting after all of it had transpired and we had won and we, I was back in Jackson. I was sitting on the couch with my parents and I kind of, I started smiling again and, uh, 
I looked at my parents and I said, I, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand why that just happened. <laughs> and then, well, they, they say, well, try to, try to tell us, try to, try to explain it. Mm-hmm. And so I sat there for a second and I was like, uh, there's something, there had to be something so much bigger than just winning a national championship to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in truth, it, that, that was the truest thing I might have ever said because winning's great. Uh, slapping high fives and getting a ring and stuff is wonderful. Uh, and all my teammates deserve to win so much because they're great people. Um, but the coolest part of anything is the fact that I've been able to share my testimony of being, me being completely vulnerable mm-hmm. and completely saved at the same moment and completely held at the same moment um, uh, to ESPN reporters that weren't even asking me about that. Yeah. And to and podcasts or, or the, the, your podcast and mm-hmm. um, being able to share um, that I was completely um, helpless, but that mm-hmm. I was in the hands of, of, of a God who is so much, much greater than uh, what I could do. It's the biggest part of the Omaha story to me. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than a ring. And because I hope it gives someone out there um, who might be feeling a little helpless, a little, their legs might be shaken uh, <laughs> in, in, in whatever moment it might be in the future, or in the mm-hmm. present, a uh, little peace to know that there's a God that is, he cares about you and he, mm-hmm. he is strongest in the biggest moments and his plan is perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any, all your trust should be in that. And thankfully I wasn't bonehead enough to mess that sequence up. <laughs> uh, but I'm so grateful for the, for that part of my testimony. That's really awesome, Mason. I think it's, it's crazy because everybody, everybody was just like what, you know, on the edge of their seats in that in those moments and obviously you were like in a completely other headspace but just the fact that you attribute all that to the Lord is just really amazing um do you you talked about your everyday devotions that you do the uncommon book but do you have a favorite verse of the Bible and I if do. so what is it yeah me and my mom share our favorite verse it's it's a uh, uh, lots of people know it's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, mm-hmm. and uh, I just love that it it, it explains yeah. that God has great plans for you, and uh, there's a lot of submission and mm-hmm. like implied in that verse where you have to submit to the to the plan of the Lord, and it, it and it's a perfect plan, but it doesn't always feel doesn't always feel perfect, mm-hmm. uh, but it is because uh, cool things come out of it whenever you trust it. But recently. Um, Coach Clement, our hitting coach, um, like I said, with our, our coaches, um, their faith has been a big impression on me since I've been at Ole Miss. But he shared a verse the other day mm-hmm. when we were fellowshipping, like we say. And we were just gathering in the dugout before practice, just talking to our assistant coach, which I don't think happens at a lot of other places. But mm-hmm. uh, he um, he said Hebrews 11.1, 1, and I, I mess it up every time that I say it. Uh, but it's something, it, it gives the definition of faith. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's faith is, uh, it talks about faith is not, it is, if you can pull it up real yeah. quick, it would be perfect. Uh, I'm not good at memorizing things <laughs> at all. Hebrews 11 1. Yeah, Hebrews 11 1. Now faith is the subject, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Yeah. 
It's yeah. super, super cool because uh, um, it mentions hope in there. And mm-hmm. then uh, hope is kind of the, the foundation that faith is built on. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to have hope uh, first, first, but more importantly, faith implies some action. Yeah. Um, so putting that is faith is hope into action. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was so powerful when I first heard it because it's hard people, uh, I've had people come up to me before and be like, well, what does faith mean to you? Like people who believe and people who don't believe uh-huh. about what does faith mean to you? And I, I don't have a good answer for mm-hmm. them. A lot of times people would say believing and not seeing or yeah. something, but that verse is a clear definition, definition that God gives us of, of what faith is. Um, so I, I love that verse as well. That's really good. That's a good one to have in your back pocket for those moments. And they definitely will come, um, continue to come, because it seems like the Lord has got you in a place where you're very meant to be and uh, meant to be a light for Him. So it's a good one to know. Um, what is something that you would tell students? What is some encouragement you have for them to be bold in their faith? Yeah, um, this was a difficult thing for me because I loved I loved to talk, and uh, I loved mm-hmm. uh, that's why I jumped at this opportunity is because I love to talk about stuff. <laughs> and um, uh, sometimes that gets me in trouble and sometimes it doesn't. But um, I think that the most important um, part about uh, about sharing your faith and having the boldness to do that is that it's hard to share something that you're not super familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that the biggest thing in sharing your faith is you have to make it a part of who you are. Um and it has to, it's almost has to be like a, has to be like a, like a, like a smell that you carry around almost where like, uh, you can't, you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so for me, it has been, um, if I'm going to share my faith and, and if it's going to be most powerful through the outlet that I have, which is college baseball, mm-hmm. then my faith has to inherently be a part of my college baseball experience. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so for students, um, I think that your faith has to be a part of your fraternity or sorority life. It mm-hmm. has to be a part of how you interact with your friends in your classes mm-hmm. and doing your schoolwork or whatever club that you're a part of. Um, it has to be something that you carry around with you. Um, and then whenever you get into spots where you get the wonderful opportunity where um, God gives you an opportunity to, to, to share your testimony or, or help others, um, uh, grow closer to him in any way, mm-hmm. um, then you'll be prepared to do it because because it'll be just right there with you, uh, not even in your back pocket. It'll just be uh, already in your hands, ready to share. And mm-hmm. then I think another beautiful part of it is um, that it's really easy to talk about your faith whenever and and be proactive in your faith whenever you're in for me at least it's really easy to talk about my faith and and for faith to be a big thing to me mm-hmm. um, whenever I'm in a bad situation and whenever I'm in a really good situation mm. so it's easy to praise God when you're good situation and it's easy to for me because it's ingrained in me uh, mm-hmm. to turn to God whenever I'm struggling uh, but sometimes in the middle is the most important part yeah um, so that's why I shared that part about the dog days of the season, mm-hmm. um, and um, 
because even in the middle of things where sometimes being stuck in the middle of, of unfamiliar places and you're not in the good part of life or bad part of life, mm-hmm. you're just in the middle. That's where the most power can be had because um, faith in God, it gives you kind of a direction. It gives you a sense of where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not stuck in the middle of two things. Uh, but it also gives you some consistency and consistency that I need of of reading my devotional mm-hmm. and doing small things like that. Yeah, where, taking the trash out. Yeah, taking the <laughs> trash out. Uh, small things where... Um, I'm walking with God in the middle mm-hmm. and I'm not just kind of catching up to him when I'm in a bad place there or catching up to him whenever I'm in a good place, but mm-hmm. walking with him in the middle. And that's the definition of a relationship. Yeah. So it's really, really good. Mason, I feel like that was probably one of the best episodes we ever did. So oh, well, I, <laughs> I can't compete with Tim. Oh, no, so, no, this is great. Thank you so much for doing it. I appreciate it. Thank you for letting me be part of it. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode on the Be Loved, Be Bold podcast. This episode concludes season three, but don't worry, there's definitely more to come. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at Be Loved, Be Bold to stay up to date on when we get back up and rolling next year. In the meantime, I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas, and as always, thanks for listening.